I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Scorecard. Many doubted we'd ever see it. Where we focus on Chicagoland and national golf news. But here it is. The return to glory. Can't help but think of the long one he made in San Diego to pick up his first PGA Tour win in style. Here it comes. Here it watch out. Comes. And there's no doubt about it. The bear has come out of hibernation. With your hosts, score golf expert and editor of Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin. Well, here it comes. Oh my goodness. And Mike Esposito. In your have you seen anything like that? Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And good morning, everybody. Welcome into The Scorecard. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Happy Saturday to you. Hope you're out there enjoying one of the uh, last uh, warm, hot, awesome summer Saturdays <laughs> here as we head into fall. Good morning, Barry Cronin. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Uh, welcome Hi. back to the uh, to the show. We had, we were operating in a missing Mike formation last week and uh, uh, somehow uh, pulled through without you, which is which was difficult though. And I'm sure the listeners noticed your absence. Well, I appreciate that. It is good to be back. Uh, family vacation uh, is now over. We are here. Kids are back in school. And as I said, uh, you know, teasingly walking in here, we, we, have, we have a few more uh, beautiful, warm Saturdays to go. And uh, then we'll, the weather will start changing. But today, hey, beautiful, hot, warm, get on out there. And you may already be on your way to your tea time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you can't get loose on the on the get get your muscles loose on the last few days we've had a in Chicago, uh, uh, you you can never get loose because boy, it's been humid. It has been humid. It's been hot. It's been very summer esque, and uh, lots going on as always here in the Chicagoland area when it comes to golf as well. As nationally, this segment on the scorecard brought to you by Illinois PGA professionals, experts in the business and game of golf. Uh, we have the uh, the Northern Trust going on right now, Barry, uh, out there in Jersey City. We have John Rahm uh, leading and also uh, making a little news there after his round two when he's uh, talking about the, the FedEx Cup. Yeah, he's not a big fan of the FedEx Cup and the way they calculate the points and everything. And uh, I think you know this is a this is a calculus that they've done for you know many years with this with this uh, series of events. And um, uh, sometimes I think the the points 
when initially the whole points situation uh, uh, just paralyzed the public. People don't really understand what's going on with it. And now uh, some of the players are complaining that, you know, uh, the, in order to, in the PGA Tour, in order to make the final event exciting, the final event is the Tour Championship in Atlanta. And that'll be three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they recalculate the points so that pretty much everything you've done in advance to that point doesn't really count. So John Rahm was he's number one player in the world by far. You know he's really doing great, and yet he comes to the last event and he's he's not that far not that much farther ahead than the other guys in the standing. So whatever the the reason that they did that was that long time ago uh, VJ Singh. Uh, it pretty much locked up the FedEx Cup uh, before before the Tour Championship even happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took all the drama out of it. So I don't know how much drama, you know, Mike, I know you're kind of an average golf fan. Um, I don't know where the, uh, the, the uh, Northern Trust would be on your scale of uh, excitement uh, versus, say, the Masters or the U.S. Open or even... You know, a tournament like the Memorial, which has got a great field. Sure. Um, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just tend to think that folks don't really quite, aren't quite as fired up about the playoffs as the tour would wish they were. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And, and I, you know, the quote that I, as I was reading about this uh, and, and listening to Rom's uh, post-round press conference yesterday, he, he, he talked about football. He compared it to football and to the, New England Patriots, and I'm just going to read part of what he said here. Uh, I understand the system and the way I was told by one of the PGA Tour officials. I'm a Patriots fan, and if the Patriots win everything and get to the Super Bowl, they don't, and then don't win the Super Bowl, you don't win the Lombardi Trophy, right? My answer was they still finish second. They have to understand that golf is different. At the end of the day, you could win 15 events, including both playoff events, and you have a two-shot lead. I understand it's for TV purposes, bing, bing, right there, and excitement just to making it more winner-take-all, and they give you a two-shot advantage, but over four days, that can be gone in two holes, which, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... It's, yeah, it's really true, I mean, uh, and, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a hard calculus that they're trying to do. I mean, I, I was thinking myself the other day, Mike, I'm thinking, okay, the playoffs have started. I mean, you know what a, you know what a big deal, um, you know, the first round of the playoffs are in the NFL. <laughs> oh, know? huge, right? I yeah. mean, it is. You know, and it's uh you know, it's it's the best weekend, right? One of the best weekends in, yeah. in the NFL. And so and and now you think uh, is this really anywhere even close to that and uh, in terms of anticipation and everything. And of course, you think of the you think of the Masters and the PGA this year was so good and the US Open was great. So, you know, and the British Open, people don't People don't watch it as much because it's 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 on a different time zone and everything. But it, but it was a great tournament, Morikawa mm-hmm. winning and everything. But uh, you just don't get that same feeling. And I uh, and uh, anyway, but there's 15 million dollars at the end of the rainbow for whoever yeah. wins the FedEx Cup. And they it used to be quote unquote only 10 million, and they've jacked it up obviously <laughs> in the last few years. Right. Um, so, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there, there are ways to, uh, to fix it and, uh, and maybe they will, but the implications for this tournament though are, I think, um, 
really a lot of these guys are playing for the Ryder Cup. Uh, it's a Ryder Cup uh, d- um, uh, uh, display, right? They want to try to get yep. on the Ryder Cup team. So, you know, John Rahm obviously is going to be the lead, the leader of the European Ryder Cup team. And now, they, now there's Tony Finau shot 67, 64. You haven't heard of him all year. Right. And and suddenly, you know, he's a great guy, great player, all that. But he's won one time on the PGA Tour, and they're talking about him as a Ryder Cup, potential Ryder Cup guy. Uh, so I don't know if that's really going to happen. Kevin Nah, they're saying Kevin's been playing great the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I think we should say about this tournament is that last year, Xander Schauffele, the gold medal winner for the U.S. in the Olympics, uh, he yep. won this tournament last year, and yet he didn't win the FedEx Cup. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a thing. But, hey, Brooksy's playing well this week. Yeah. He's back. He looks like he's playing okay. So he's he's T10. He's eight under par. And, of course, gosh, last yesterday I was watching uh, watching it, and uh, Jordan Spieth shot 62. Yeah. Uh, uh, tied the course record along with uh, Schauffele, but watching Spieth, my gosh, he sh- he made two eagles. He chipped in for eagle two holes in a row. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> the guy, just to watch him play, you know, I find myself. Um, I, I I tend to record a lot of this stuff because, um, you know, I like to I like to fast forward through certain elements of the broadcast, sure. i.e. the five commercials between every three shots, right? Yep. So, uh, but what's watching Spieth is so exciting. I find myself uh, stopping whenever I see him. I go, all right, I got to watch what Jordan did, and to watch him, his short game is is just beyond belief. It's so great to watch and so much fun. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, he's playing great. Yeah, we had some we had some low scores yesterday. You mentioned uh, we talked about Rom to start. Uh, he is 12 under. Uh, one shot ahead of Tony Finau, 67-64, as you mentioned. Xander is right there, tied with Justin Thomas and Keith Mitchell. <clears throat> Ten under par for third place there. Tom Hogue, Harold Varner, uh, Kevin Na is right there. Jordan is eight under. Brooks is eight under. Uh, a, a loaded leaderboard and uh, lots of fun uh, going uh, through round two there. Um, and uh, just to, to reset a little bit for our listeners, so the FedEx Cup playoffs uh as barry mentioned this this week starts at the northern trust you've got the bmw next week followed by the tour championship the following week that is the uh the the playoffs basically right the the three events that will determine the fedex cup winner um and you're right nfl football in fact i think you could uh make a case for and a lot of football fans would that first weekend of the playoffs where you have the wild card games and the D, the uh, divisional games right. as the best weekend of the playoffs absolutely because you have loaded games all day saturday all day sunday but right with golf i mean if you were to ask me the more casual golf fan what do i like to watch it's the answer is it's the majors right and i like the british open so i i right. i uh I enjoy just because it's a different game. It's the you know the different time zone. It's it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, links golf. It's links golf. It's a really right. it's really the it takes you back to the very beginning of the game and there's not a lot of trees around and it's it just a really it's a cool, very very much. Um, it's got its own identity. Yeah. 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 And and you know the Masters is the Masters and and mm-hmm. that to me and I and I know you know maybe it's it's almost you know for 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 sports fans especially for golf fans who aren't hardcore golf fans you know. It's more of the the season seasonality of that type of thing. Like I know 
for me, what do I think of when I think of April? I think baseball starting. I think the NCAA tournament is winding up, and I think the right. Masters. Right? right. That's just what you think because, and that's why last year was so weird, where it was like, yeah. wait a second, the Masters is in November. What's going right. on? Right. Exactly. It was exactly, and it looked, it didn't look anything like the Masters. It looked like November in Augusta, which is mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit. Uh, uh, not a lot of azaleas around unless they yeah. unless they brought them in from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So anyway, this is it. This is it. And uh, hey, nothing's perfect. And they just they wanted to uh, they wanted to do something to uh, to kind of have a finality to the season. Mm-hmm. And this was really years ago. Tiger and and Phil complaining that there was never an end to the golf season. And let's have an end. So well, this is the ending. This is the culmination. Right. So you know it is what it is. And and you know. A, a week after the uh, the tour championship, they're going to start the 19, the 2022 season, right? So, you know, out in Napa. So that'll yeah. be the that'll be the story, and the golf season really will never end because it it because it can't end because if it if the PGA Tour allows it to end, if there's ever a a, a spot uh, a week uh, during on the calendar when there is no PGA Tour event, some other entity. Yeah, uh, IMG or some other company or private event or whatever, they will they will have a special event and put up all this money, and um, uh, it'll be a special event and they'll and they'll have an event. So the PGA Tour says, wait a minute, we can't allow that to have we can't allow that to happen. We need to fill every week uh, for our guys because the PGA Tour is a player owned and operated uh, situation. It's basically kind of a players union that runs itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an association of players. And their whole deal is to provide playing opportunities for their members. And, uh, you know, whether everybody plays in the Napa Valley tournament, uh, the way our guy uh, Stuart Sink played last year and won, of all mm-hmm. things, um, they're going to have an event. So whether Phil and, you know, or these big these big name guys, Spieth, et cetera, play, they're going to have an event, and somebody's going to. Sh- 156 guys are going to show up, and they're, or, and uh, they're going to have an event. So anyway, and, and I, you know, listen, 100%. I agree with that, and I'm, I'm glad for it because listen, the nice thing about the PGA Tour is, you can go anywhere, right? I mean, these events aren't, you know, we're not uh, geographically tied to where you have to be, and you know, you could go to the places where, you know, the weather is nice. It's nice to see them playing in Hawaii in the middle of winter here, right, and stuff oh, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. It's, I, I, I mean, it, talk about, uh, you know, wanting to get away, as the old commercial <laughs> says, right? I mean, the, yeah. you know, watching them play golf in Hawaii in January or whatever. Um, but it is, uh, it is, it is, uh, it's golf, right? And you could play golf every day of the year if you right. wanted to, right? I mean, that's exactly. a nice thing. So exactly, exactly. Anyway, I digress on that, but it, it is no. But you're right. But you're right, Mike. I mean, you know, the the point is, if they weren't playing at Liberty National in the playoffs, they could just be playing at Liberty National just to play, right? Right. It wouldn't. Yep. It could just be a regular tour event, and they they kind of uh, there's a there's a they put a gloss on it by saying, oh, this is the playoffs, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of money at stake, and there's some sort of They've got all these points and all this stuff going on. I think, but the point system and everybody, um, you know, poor Steve Sands from the Golf Channel and NBC used to have to say, well, you know, if if this guy makes a birdie, you know, he's gonna his points are, you know, he's gonna go up that far, you know, that much farther in the in the standings yeah. and every birdie and every bogey and every par, they're telling you, 
uh, where the guy stands on the list, and it's kind of like, okay, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's good, and I don't mean to be overly critical because they have to do what they have to. They have to try to make it interesting. They got to do something, right? I, and and believe me, it, we're not the only ones talking about this. They're talking about it at the PGA Tour all the time because they're mm-hmm. going. They see the problem, right? But then they go, how do we solve this without totally redoing the whole system? And maybe they will someday, but it'll be someday we'll but we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we will. We will definitely get more uh, into that uh, later in the show. This segment presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. I should tell you what we have coming up for you on the program today. Uh, our swing thoughts segment with Brett Packey. Uh, the uh, golf instructor, lifelong golf instructor of Nick Hardy. We'll talk uh, to Brett at 640. He is a former Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year, Director of Instruction at Northmore Country Club in Highland Park. Uh, Brett will join us at 640 with Swing Thoughts and with Nick Thoughts. We'll talk uh, lots of fun stuff going on there with Nick. Uh, So we'll talk to Brett at 640. Uh, On the road again, travel golf and who doesn't like travel golf, as we were just talking about. Uh, Jason Coughlin will join us at 7. His company, uh, Wisconsin Golf Trips, uh, founds, uh, or plans, excuse me, golf trips for groups uh, to all the top courses in Wisconsin. I know we have a lot of people listening who like to do things like that. So on the road again, we'll talk with Jason Coughlin at 7. At 7.40, Hank Gola. Uh, you know him, longtime uh, golf writer, football writer from the New York Daily News, the New York Post. Uh, Hank uh, will join us at 740. We can talk about uh, what's going on with the playoff. We could talk about the Northern Trust. We could talk about everything. If yeah, we, we could with. talk about a little bit about the Ryder Cup with uh, Hank, too, because he's covered many of them. Absolutely. Uh, so Hank will join us at 740. Uh, we have uh, lots more coming up, too on the Northern Trust uh, this weekend at Liberty National in Jersey City, New Jersey. He is Barry Cronin. I'm Mike Esposito. Pleased to have you with us each and every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score. Welcome back to The Scorecard with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And we are back. It is the scorecard. We're in Jersey, Barry. Probably maybe the best thing about the playoffs is that uh, this week is in uh, at Liberty National in New Jersey. We, you and there I are, are happy. Some great, uh, there are some great visuals. And, of course, we play yes. the, the local music, uh, and the boss is, uh, is on think, the radio. Right. I think, I think uh, Bruce Springsteen just screams New Jersey to you. Uh, there are a few other acts you're probably thinking of them in your head that we're going to get to uh, throughout the show. Barry and I just love the little music bed intros. We just do. It's fun. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you could play the you could play the boss on every bumper we have. Um, like, yes, uh, he's got a lot <laughs> yes, of sure got a did. lot of songs. He's got a lot of. Well, it's a big catalog. I mean, some he's of the stuff prolific. lately is not so great, but the early yeah. stuff is, you know, very good. Well, and you think about it, uh, and I'm sure you have, uh, and you, you know, you live through all of it. But uh, certainly, you know, going back to the early '70s, right? You, you could go exactly. You could take a huge deep dive on the boss, and uh, I digress because we're here to talk about golf. But uh, we are at uh, Liberty National in Jersey City, so we will enjoy the music of the great state of New Jersey today. 
uh, here on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Uh, we'll talk more Northern Trust, certainly, uh, and FedEx Cup playoffs. This is uh, uh, playoff uh, round one of three, call it. The Northern Trust followed by the BMW, followed by the Tour Championship in the next few weeks. Um, I also wanted and, to talk. And Mike, about... Mike, I just just want to interrupt you for one yeah, second. Uh, sure. Some people people in Chicago might be saying, "Hey, where's the BMW Championship there this year? Maybe it's a, maybe it's in Chicago, and and it's not. Uh, it's in it's in Baltimore of all places. Right. It's going to be at Caves Valley uh, Country Club out in Baltimore. Um, so their uh, their footprint is uh, is is expanding throughout the country. The uh, the Western Golf Association mm-hmm. and the Evans Scholars Foundation. They're going out. They're going out east. So yep. uh, they'll be the the top seventy players next week because this week they're going to cut a whole bunch of them, and um, and they won't make it into the second round. But that's uh, that's the way it goes. That's the uh, and of course uh, I'm not sure. That- yeah, I'm not sure how many fans are going to die if they don't, you know, like you get really disappointed if the Bears didn't make the second round of the playoffs. But since it's an individual sport, the whole city doesn't die if like Keith Mitchell doesn't make it into the uh, BMW. You know? <laughs> right, right. Well, no, and it's funny, too, because we were talking about uh, different sites for different tournaments in, in the USGA. Uh, just announced the different uh, U.S. Opens that are now going to be in Pennsylvania, and they schedule way out. Uh, So they have uh, four coming at Oakmont, which is near Pittsburgh, uh, 2025, 2034, 2042, and 2049. So, I mean, way out. When I say way out, Barry, we're talking decades, uh, decades into the future here, but uh, yeah. These are me, 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 and me and St. Peter are going to be up there with our 85-inch uh, TV, <laughs> checking right. out what's going on at Oakmont in 2049. Uh, That's so right. If if not sooner, sadly, uh, yeah. And then and then they have one other Marion, uh, which is a, a you know an old club where Ben Hogan won the U.S. Open um, uh, in 2030. So. Uh, you know, Oakmont, no doubt. And, of course, uh, in that announcement, they also announced a number of women's opens, uh, the Curtis Cup, the Walker Cup, and everything. But for the most, for the average, you know, most fans are more interested in the U.S. Open, et cetera. So there's five of them there. And, of course, they're going to have, um, as you may know, the USGA, which is based in New Jersey, has also decided uh, last year that they're going to move uh, – part of their offices some some of their administrative offices a good part of them down to pinehurst and so that means and so pinehurst number two i mean it's a huge golf community there it's all they it's all there is is golf right mm-hmm. it started you know donald ross and everything built that resort you know, the pinehurst yep. resort and everything um so that's also going to be what they call an anchor site for the u.s open so I'm looking on here. I see the press release. I go, oh wow, maybe they'll maybe there'll be a Chicago location for the U.S. Open because we, didn't we have Mike Wan, the uh, pr- the uh, head of the U.S. the new boss? And the first thing I asked him, I said, I, when is Chicago getting U.S. Open? Well, he deftly dodged that question, and now I can yes. see why because it's yeah. they're talking about <laughs> Pennsylvania here. Uh, right. So uh, so you know, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Um, they obviously have Aaron Hills that they did in 2017, which is outside Milwaukee, easily accessible, you know, by a couple, maybe an hour and a half yep. from Chicago. Um, but 
and and Medina Country Club, which is which is really the the big course in Chicago because it's very accessible to everybody, centrally located. Yeah. Um, they've done the Ryder Cup. They've done majors for years. They're going to have a. They're going to, they've got architects in there and they're going to redo the number three course in advance of the 2026 President's Cup. So depending on how that goes, um, I think Medina will, will hopefully get on that, get it, will hopefully will get into the rotation. I don't know, but I know that the, that the, the powers that be at Medina, Medina are trying to uh, rebuild a relationship uh, with the USGA that uh, that really fell apart at the 1990 U.S. Open, if you can believe that, how long wow. ago that is. Yep. And uh, they've been trying to piece that thing together um, uh, because there was really a fracture between Medina and the USGA at the time. But hopefully they can build that back, and then maybe at some point um, we can we can get a U.S. Open. You would, you would think after 30 before years. Before my they, demise, yeah. before my inevitable demise. Well, I want to see you and St. Peter there at uh, at uh, Oakmont in 2049. I'll be I'll be in my, like, I'll be pushing 80 at that point, so good Lord. Well, exactly, and and um, and you know, you wonder if they allow uh, cigar smoking in there. I don't know if, <laughs> you know, he does. I don't smoke cigars, but it would, if I always like to sit around people that, that do. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if, if St. Peter would be into the cigars and alcohol, stuff like that. You know. I, I, I enjoy a good cigar every now and again. I would be happy to join you and St. Peter there, hopefully while we're still See, on Mike, the See, uh... Mike, I knew you'd love golf. I knew you'd love golf. There you go. You get the cigar on the cart, and you're ready to rock. Indeed. Uh, well, hopefully we're uh, still on the right side of uh, of the what's the old the old saying? You're on the right side of the uh, 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 of, of the ground, what, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress on that. But cer- certainly Medina, uh, you know, as you said, a, a jewel here in the Chicago area, and hopefully a 30-year rift there with the USGA. They can uh, come to some kind of because listen. And this is not saying Chicago is the greatest and, you know, they, there has to be something in Chicago. But, I mean, Chicago is the greatest. And, well, and it is the greatest. Have to have, well, right? listen, Mike, let me tell you this. Chicago's got 9 million people, no matter how many people are moving out, right? Right. Chicago still has 9 million people. Um, it's a hu- it's a great, great golf market. It might be the one or two best golf market in the country. You know, and and the other thing is, you know, you go out to California. Yeah, they have people there, but the intensity of the golf fan. I mean, anybody who was at the 2012 Ryder Cup, uh, yep. it was a mo- it was one of the greatest events I've ever been to. I mean, it was yep. like it was like a college football game on steroids, and everybody's out there watching golf. The weather was perfect. I mean, everything was cool, except of course the final day. The results didn't exactly. Uh, uh, a measure up. It was, you know, it was like uh-huh. it was like uh, you know when the Cubs lost in the playoffs a few years ago uh, when they they thought would they lose the Brewers or something I think I was out of yep. the country but well yeah but uh, yeah it was just uh, it was just a bad ending but the whole event was was, was spectacular the so, event was spectacular and, yes. and listen and this isn't to say that a, a club like Olympia Fields the golf course uh, Olympia Fields North I mean it proved. During the playoffs a couple of years ago, when they hosted the BMW with no fans, that it is a spectacular golf course. So it's great, and they could, but I think in terms of of a location, 
um, for fans and companies that want to buy tents, etc., that Medina, you know, it's kind of in the middle. It's, it's just in the western suburbs, and you can get there from the north, and you can get there from the south, and, and everything, and you get there from the city. So it's kind mm-hmm. of not, it's a decent location. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's it. Yep. No, and, and you mentioned the Ryder Cup, and that was actually where I was going next because we have uh, this year's Ryder Cup uh, to, to consider, right, with uh, who's where in the uh, Ryder Cup standings and uh, right. some guys making moves and some guys, uh, you mentioned Tony Finau earlier, uh, hanging in there at 12 of 12. So um, right. Colin Morikawa at number one, though. Yeah, right. And, and that's the thing, you know, thinking about the playoffs – the implications beyond just you know who wins the 15 million bucks or who wins a tournament or whatever, uh, the implications for this for this event and really last week's um, last week's event at the at the uh, the Wyndham, which was won in a playoff by Kevin Kisner. Right. I mean these these are these these events have implications for the Ryder Cup and that's sort of another subtext of these of these events that are being played in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, you're right. Morikawa's uh, a, a number one for the American team, and uh, I'm looking here. I'm sorry, I don't have it right in front of me. Who's number two, Mike? You got DJ uh, at two. Oh yeah. Bryce, Bryson go. at third. Kepka, yeah. Thomas, Xander Schauffele, Spieth is seventh, and then so this is where and this is where you know like you you can go down the list here, and this is you have Harris English, Patrick Reed, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau. But then just under that top 12, a Webb Simpson sighting. Scotty Scheffler is in yeah. the top 20. Uh, Kevin yeah. Kisner, who you mentioned, uh, made a big jump last week. And, and I actually wanted to ask you about that. A six-man playoff. That's not something you see every day out there at the old Wyndham Championship. No, no. And, and uh, what you really don't see is uh, Adam Scott on the first playoff hole missed a four-footer for birdie, that would and, and he would have won. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he didn't win. Then Kisner, Kisner uh, st- uh, stuffed his on the second playoff hole, uh, stuck it to three feet and uh, tapped it in. So uh, yeah, and he won. So, but yeah, the uh, for the Ryder Cup, Mike, you know the the it's uh, uh, a six six of the guys are going to go in based on their points, right? So you'll have mm-hmm. Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, Kepka. Great, great twosome there. Oh yeah, alternate right. shot. Three and and uh, there you go. Yeah, right? and then Justin Thomas and Shuffle. So those are the guys that are basically in. I suppose there could be some movement there, but maybe there could be. And Depends. Spieth, Spieth is right yeah, there too. Yeah. Yeah. So so Spieth is seventh, and he's been playing great. So there's no doubt. So Steve Stricker then, who's the captain, will get uh, six picks, six captain picks. And and over the years, it's been two picks or three picks or whatever, but they expanded it to six picks uh-huh. uh, this time. So um, really, a pet, and so it goes Spieth, Harris English, Patrick Reed, Berger. We haven't heard much about Daniel Berger lately. And no. Patrick Cantley and Finau. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. Spieth is obviously going to make it. English pretty much has to make it because he's been playing great lately, even though he blew that lead, uh, uh, you know, the other day. And then yep. Reed has been hurt. Yep. No, it's uh, certainly something that uh, you know, Steve Stricker. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the the picks that Stricker has, I mean, that's the captain's perspective, I guess, right? Uh, Where he can, you know, 
I like I'm looking and I see and I know it's and I I don't necessarily expect Phil Mickelson to to be picked, but he's he's well, 19th in points, but maybe he will be picked. Maybe well, that's the type I mean, of thing here, that Steve Stricker will do. Well, here's the situation. So the PGA of America, they're different than the PGA Tour. PGA of America runs the PGA Championship, and they also own the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, from a political standpoint, one would say, wow, you got to put the PGA champion on the Ryder Cup team. How can you not do that? Um, and especially since Mickelson is a worldwide star, and at the end of the day, a lot of this is it's a TV show. It's a TV show. So, yep. so maybe they will pick Mickelson. And listen, uh, Mickelson's got the, you know, perhaps the he and Spieth uh, have the best short games of anybody playing right now. Tiger's laid up, so Tiger would have be in that mix, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but you know you might he might put Mickelson in. I mean, you know. But the problem is Mickelson's got to hit tee shots even an alternate shot. He's got to hit, you know, he's got to yeah. hit nine tee shots uh, or so in the alternate shot. Then he hits it all over the lot, and that's a problem. Um, so, but we, we'll see about that. But it wouldn't surprise me that if Mickelson gets picked. And then Kisner, Kisner's terrific, good player, great short game, not real long. Um, and then I like this guy, Sam Burns. I mean, nobody's ever yep. heard of him, but he's pretty good. And I like Scheffler. Webb Simpson's got a great short game. So be interesting. Uh, Stricker's going to have a lot to think about here. And he's going to, I think he's going to wish, man, I wish I didn't have six picks. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to really, <laughs> right. I'm going to lose, right. I'm going to lose some. And thank God I'm going to start going to play the champions tour. Cause I'm 55 and I 54 years yeah. old. And I won't have to look at these guys when I don't pick them. Because there's going to be guys that he doesn't pick. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure people are in his ear already. Uh, We will will get to more Ryder Cup talk later in the show. We need to take a timeout. When we come back, we will talk in our Swing Thoughts segment uh, from Northmore Country Club in Highland Park. Brett Packey will join us uh, for Swing Thoughts when we return on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to The Scorecard with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago's Sports Radio 670, The Score, and Odyssey Station. Just let it happen. Be the ball. Be the ball, Danny. You're not being the ball, Danny. Well, it's kind of difficult with you talking like okay. that. Okay, I'm not talking. Stop talking. And now, the Scorecard presents Swing Thoughts. Some free advice from the best teachers in the game. And we are back on the Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito here with you. Time for Swing Thoughts. We head on out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. There we find the director of instruction at Northmore Country Club in Highland Park. You can find his website at coregolf.com. And, oh, yeah, one of his uh, protégés is about to uh, join the PGA Tour. It's Brett Packey joining us on the scorecard. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Brett. Ho- hope all's well with you. Uh, congratulations. Uh, you've anticipated this for a long time, but last Sunday, Nick Hardy, your lifelong student, uh got his PGA Tour card. Pretty exciting time, that's for sure. It's been a long time in coming. Uh, I feel like he was ready a few years ago, and with the extended season, um, it finally arrived. 
Right, Brett, and explain to people what happened with the uh, it's uh, the PGA Tour. It's always no, nothing simple with the PGA Tour. It's always confusing. So uh, tell us what happened with with Nick's delay to get on the tour because of the pandemic. Yeah, so the, the pandemic canceled about a third of the season, and rather than issue tour cards after two-thirds of a season, they decided to roll it into a second season. So you ended up with a, a much longer season, close to 40 events, I believe, um, over a, a two-year two-year time frame. And uh, Nick would have earned enough points to get his tour card last, last fall, but, um, you know, the pandemic slowed everything down. So it, it really a good opportunity to get – gain more experience and see more courses and, and continue to uh, improve areas of his game. And uh, his, uh, his driving and his greens and regulation on that tour, uh, you don't see that so much on the, on the uh, websites and all that, but what, where, where does he rank there? Yeah. So going into this past weekend, he was top three in greens and regulation through about 40 events. Um, top two or three in total driving, which is distance and fairways. Uh, Nick's a fantastic driver of the golf ball, um, to say the least. And, and the one thing about the Corn Ferry Tour, um, there's not quite the premium on driving that you see on the PGA Tour. The roughs aren't quite as long. Fair, uh, courses aren't quite as uh, tight. Um, a little more openness. So really his premium part of his game, the driving, doesn't really quite shine as, as much as it will once he's on the PGA Tour. Interesting. So that's, uh, and we, listen, we, we, we are uh, objective journalists here on the, uh, the scorecard, but no, I, and I say, I say that jokingly because, you know, we, we definitely have our friends of the program and Nick has been uh, gracious enough to join us uh, on several occasions. So he's a guy we root for. So this is, it, it's, it's, it was awesome to see, uh, and certainly well-earned, but I got to imagine having that, uh, that extra year or whatever, you know, let's, let's combine the seasons or whatever. I mean, that's gotta be a, a mental thing too, that you've got to get through. It's like, oh, you know, I should have been on after last year, this, you know, stupid COVID or whatever, but then to kind of refocus and say, Hey, I gotta, I gotta keep my game up and I gotta, gotta keep pushing. Well, that's, that's right. And, and, and the part that people don't see, um, from Nick's standpoint, he's just such a model of consistency. Uh, he made he made 33 out of 37 cuts, and believe it or not, he missed two cuts in the first three weeks of the Corn Ferry Tour. So if you start doing that math, and it and the grind that is out there when you play Tuesday practice rounds, Wednesday pro am, Thursday Friday make the cut, Saturday Sunday travel Monday and do it again. So. Mm-hmm. That's what the corn fairy is all about. It's a, it's definitely a, a survival of the fittest per se. And when you make a, as many cuts as Nick has, it definitely puts more strain on rest and and uh, refreshing and, and practicing and improving. So once on the PGA Tour, I think you'll find that it'll be two weeks on, a week off, three weeks on, a week off. You'll be able to take some time, but not on the corn fairy tour. Mm-hmm. And and he's a heck of a putter too. I think maybe we uh, you, you know people go out and see him when when he was over here in uh, at the Glen Club for the Evan Scholars Invitational. When you see him, you know he's a big guy, uh, but you realize uh, he's a he's not a bad putter either. I would say from from sophomore year in high school through his first couple of years as a professional, he he would putt against anybody in the world. He um, he rolls it so fantastic, strokes it great. Uh, 
it's funny when when I play with him, it's just like his ball seeks out the hole. I feel like mine likes to dive away from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, as somebody who's worked with him for so long, I mean, that's, you know, it's got to be a point of pride. Obviously, you know, I mentioned your, uh, you know, director of instruction at Northmore, and you've uh, got the website, coregolf.com, uh, Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year, lots of accolades personally, right? But it's got to be pretty cool to have somebody that you've worked with from, you know, when he was a kid now being on the PGA Tour. Yeah, 16 years. Uh, it's been an awesome ride at every level, getting him on a high school team and onto his varsity team and and then onto the great teams at, at Illinois and then onto the Corn Ferry Tour and now up, up the ladder to the PGA Tour. So um, it's amazing. It's been 16 years, and uh, hopefully the, the best is definitely yet to come. Yeah. So... Um... Uh, we said we were going to give some free advice here, Brett. So let's give some free advice now that we've talked about Nick. So let's talk a little bit about putting. And um, some people use a line on their golf ball. Maybe people have seen Mickelson's, um, Phil Mickelson's Callaway golf ball that has three lines on it. And um, people, a lot of teachers will tell you, uh, well, you got to put a line on your golf ball so that you can line up your putts. And uh, I know Nick does that, and but others do not. Uh, so tell, can you just tell us simply about should should our people go out and get those balls with the lines on them, or just draw or put straight lines on their golf ball in order to line up their putts? What's your theory on all that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I have uh, quite the opinion on that. Um, you know, the line, hmm. the line on the golf ball. Number one, uh, I would I would have to say. 90% of the people that I teach and coach uh, don't probably read greens correctly. Therefore, they don't put the line down correctly. Um, so let's just say you had a right edge putt and you put the line down on the right edge. That line is telling you how hard you have to hit the putt. So if you're going to die it in, you might need more break. And if you knock it four feet by, you might need less break. So I don't like, I don't like the speed element that the line brings into play. Um, the other part of this is from an optic standpoint, if I were to put a line on the ball and line up from behind and look at it, it I might see it, say, let's just say on the edge again. And then I get over that putt, the line looks like it's aiming a different direction. So that really kills the confidence and the trust. Which way do you go with what you're feeling or what you're seeing from two different positions? So I do not use a line. Uh, like you mentioned, Nick does. Nick does it great. He's a great green reader gets that line perfect, um, sees it, and, and it looks the same way to him from behind and over the ball. And that's one thing I'll go with every student is from behind the ball, where do you see the line aiming? And from over the ball, where do you see the, the line aiming? And that generally will determine whether they should do it or not do it. I put a dot on the top of the ball, and I try to focus on the dot because I don't really want to pay too much attention to the hole or the golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the line's an interesting thing for sure. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you put a line on it, uh, you, you re- I guess what you're saying is if you put a line on it, you're aiming to, to a certain spot and you have to make sure that you hit the putt the right speed. Correct. Is that the problem? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, I mean, that's, uh, you're aiming that line based on how hard you think that you're going to hit that putt. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have my students definitely spend their time trying to feel the distance part 
of putting versus the aiming part of putting. Right, because because it, the most important part of putting, if I'm correct in this, is uh, is speed, right? Because if you if you get the speed wrong, you could be five feet past. If you get the line wrong, at least you're within a foot one side or the other. That's right. And if you think of you know even at the PGA Tour level where it's right at about six and a half feet, that's a fifty-fifty proposition of making it, and that's at the, at the tour levels. Um, you know, certainly anything outside of that six-foot circle is two putts are fine. Right. Yeah. No, and, and and I wonder when you're dealing with your students, Brett, if if that is not uh, one of the harder things to teach. Like you mentioned, Nick's ball seems to, to seek out the hole, which, you know, we got a good chuckle out of, but, you know, that's <laughs> that's why he's a pro, right? I mean, that's, you know, he's, he's a great putter. But I got to imagine that's got to be one of the more difficult things to, to try to teach somebody. It is. I mean, especially the, you know, the, the touch and the feel, the speed control. I mean, it, here's an interesting drill that, that I like to do with any new student or advanced student, but we all have the alignment rods, alignment sticks in our golf bags or at our courses. And if you laid it down across the hole uh, so that uh, maybe it's facing north and south. And so basically they're about 42 inches long. So you have 20 inches on the front of the cup and in front of the cup and 20 inches past the cup. So then you go like 10 feet away and see if you can get the ball to stop between the front edge of the stick and the back edge of the stick. And hopefully from 10 feet, a 42-inch circle is pretty easy to obtain. But now go to 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, and 50 feet and see what you can do. And so um, if, if, if you're struggling from 10 or 20 feet, I'm going to tell you, forget the line. we got to work on speed. And if from 30 and 40 feet, you can have the ability to stop that ball close to the hole, well, then you can focus a little bit more on alignment. So, uh, Brett, when you're practicing then, do you put the alignment stick down perpendicular to where you're putting from or parallel to where you're putting from? That's what I I don't understand that. Oh, yes. So it would be front to back. So if you're, you know, um, it would lay just to the side of the cup. Okay. And if you just, it doesn't matter which way you lay it, then you just would go to where you're, you're looking dead on with it. Uh-huh. So you really you really have about 20 inches in front of the cup and 20 inches past the cup with the stick. Right. So that helps you measure your uh, how well you're doing in terms of reading the speed. Correct. Right. And, and what's amazing is when we do this drill, it's amazing how many people make putts from 10, 20, and 30 feet, not even thinking about alignment and the line on a golf ball per se, just because they got their speed correct. And most people can can aim relatively close to the hole for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an interesting, it's an interesting drill because as you're describing it, I could picture it. And I know just from personal experience, right. I mean, that is often, you know, how many times have we all done it, right. Where you hit something way short or way past the hole and you think you're like, all right, I got this one. And then, nope, you're, you're way past because your speed is just off. I I would imagine that is just muscle memory practice and, and getting onto drills like you're saying 10 feet 20 feet 30 feet uh uh and just repetitive nature of of that type of practice it's a, it's a simple way to practice i mean five minutes before a round you just get you know 20 25 putts in just trying to roll it front to, you know within that within that circle but in this case we're not drawing circles on the green we're just laying a stick down which yeah. would represent the the width yeah so, uh, Brett, before we go, just a little. Uh, so, so the Corn Ferry Tour is in the playoffs now. 
they're in Boise this week. Nick missed the cut, but it doesn't really matter in the great scheme of things. So w- w- what do they have left? They have a couple weeks left of this, and then Nick's going to go right to the PGA Tour to Napa, right, to play the Safeway. That, that's correct. Um, they'll do the two Corn Ferry playoff events that are left, and then it's travel out to Napa and, and get started. There, there'll be one tour event. PGA Tour event, and then they're off a week for the Ryder Cup, and then he'll, he'll play the next four weeks in a row on the PGA Tour. Well, and wow. he, he will have uh, plenty of uh, Chicagoans and certainly uh, listeners to this show uh, and and the two hosts of the show enjoying and uh, rooting for him uh, uh, as he starts his uh, PGA Tour career. And appreciate your uh, time and also your tips uh, here on Swing Thoughts and on the scorecard. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brett. Always great to have you, man. Thank you. Good luck to you. See you soon. That is Brett Packey. You can find his website, coregolf.com, former Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year, Director of Instruction at Northmore Country Club in Highland Park, um, and obviously lifelong golf instructor of Nick Hardy, as we've talked about. Uh, So definitely you can hit up Brett at coregolf.com. When we return here on the scorecard, we will – Head on the road again. Yes, we all love golf trips. They're always fun. Uh, We'll be joined next by Jason Coughlin of Wisconsin Golf Trips, who does, guess what, help you plan trips to Wisconsin. We'll talk to Jason next here on The Scorecard on Chicago Sports Radio (laughs) 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.